Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Jonathan Hood with you on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Every Tuesday at 830, we give you something sports entertainment, give you something pro wrestling. And tonight, our special guest is friend of the program, Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. You can go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Check out the website as we talk to Josh, as we take a look at the latest pay-per-view for the WWE Extreme Rules taking place in the Performance Center in Orlando. Also, another show taking place for Impact Wrestling with Slammiversary. We'll review both of those right here on ESPN 1000 for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. Hello, Josh. Hoodie, how are you doing, my man? Oh, you know you know how I'm doing. Just trying to figure out the WWE uh, every time that they're airing. Just trying to figure things out. I'll t- I want to get your thoughts initially about the horror show taking place for Extreme Rules this past Sunday. What, what stood out most about the show? You know how Court Bauer always says the world of professional wrestling never stops? Yes. I, I think in the world of WWE, um, you could <laughs> the term uh, better discretion than valor could apply here because <laughs> I, I, whether it's a gimmicky pay-per-view or just a standardized pay-per-view like a battleground or something like that, I, I'm not really sure what people are expecting from these shows. <laughs> And especially when you have matches like eye for an eye or whatever the situation is, it's kind of like you get you kind of pit yourself in a corner, and it's kind of lose 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 situation. So, um, my main takeaway from the show on Sunday was even with the stipulations that were placed on this program, I thought the in ring action for the most part was really good, and my favorite match of the show was the uh, WWE title match with uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Well, let me just go to the eye for an eye matchup because on the surface it sounds ridiculous, of course. The idea that Seth Rollins, uh, who has been a vocal point for the company for a long time, takes on Rey Mysterio, who's been a great babyface and a great wrestler for a long time. And so the collision course is... Uh, for those that did not see it, and uh, we watched it so you wouldn't have to, um, <laughs> someone's someone's eye has to be gone. Someone has to remove an eye in order to have a victory. And it just, it sounds ridiculous, and, and it was, the stipulations. But, you know, Josh, outside of that stipulation and uh, outside of the ending, uh, those two in the ring together mesh. They look good together. Yes, and, and here's the thing. There's so many towns over here where they've been at these odd gimmicky matches where the matches the simulations kind of hinder what the overall performance is and it's kind of unfortunate because i thought 
Rollins, as you like to call him, Al Perez sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he had a tremendous match with Rey Mysterio, and that could have been just a good standalone grudge match on the pay-per-view. But I guess the lasting thought and feeling over that match is just the stipulation and how the match actually ended. I mean, again, like we were mentioning in the beginning of this uh, discussion, what what can you really do to get out of a eye for an eye match and not book it? Yeah, that's a good idea. How about not book it? How about how about just it just being a grudge match? But just, just the, so for those that did not see it, Ray Mysterio fell short and he lost quote unquote an eye, which is just kind of uh, it's ridiculous and it's also ridiculous for TMZ Sports to go online and put that up as a story like Ray Mysterio yeah. loses eye at Extreme Rules. It's like I mean, how, how much did WWE had to pay to get that headline on TMZ? Oh, God. <laughs> That's another show for another time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just like buying the media. They never put me any money in my pocket to tell everybody that Rey Mysterio lost an eye against Seth Rollins. But just, I don't know, the, the in-ring action's fine. But when you have stipulations like this, apparently Vince McMahon saw in one of the edits of that match what it looks like when an eye is removed. And he decided, uh, we're not going to go in that direction. Well, you guarantee an eye would be lost, and we never actually see an eyeball come out. So it's just so ridiculous. Um, uh, how about something that's better, and that is the matchup between Asuka and Sasha Banks. One right. thing for sure, Josh, is that Asuka, as well as Sasha Banks, will always give a maximum effort. Uh, and it's it's about the personality on the outside of the match, but in the ring, boy, they, they really put on a nice show. Oh, absolutely, and I, sometimes I kind of feel like where I'm jaded, where I've seen so many similar matches, like just fast-paced counters, just no selling, this and that. When you have a match like Sasha and Asuka finish the side, like I felt like they brought something different to the table from a women's wrestling perspective, and they really brought it on Sunday night. Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com with Jonathan Hood on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Um, and and at, to your point that you mentioned on the Hoots podcast, where you can follow Josh on Twitter at the Hoots podcast, you've talked about this on your shows for a while now. You know, you can see that there's going to be a collision course between Sasha Banks and uh, Bailey because they are a tag team uh, and they're best friends on the show. But you just kind of know that there's going to be an issue. But the point is, is that you keep bringing up is, well, we've seen that match. What else can we see that's new when they do turn on one another? Yeah, you can't pull a rug over us. And my biggest issue is the constant tease of this rivalry that just hasn't happened. And I'll give credit where credit's due. The in-ring portion is not my issue with Bailey and Sasha Banks. But I, me personally, Josh Lopez, the fan, and as a guy who covers the business, I can't take seriously that Bailey as a heel and Sasha Banks as a babyface or a gray area character will have the same impact as far as their story and their rivalry like they did in NXT. That's my problem. Yeah, so it, you know that makes sense. I just, um, but I, I really like that match, and also the current WWE champion is Drew McIntyre. He took on Dolph Ziggler. So right. as, as I was saying this morning, as I was hosting Busted Open this morning on Sirius XM, I said, and I've been saying on these shows, Josh, that you know Dolph Ziggler is a terrific wrestler and the hybrid of. You know, Shawn Michaels and Kurt Hennig in a lot of different ways, the way he's uh, as a performer. But the idea that 
Vince McMahon only sees Dolph Ziggler as a good hand or just a good wrestler that can get others over is very unfortunate um, because Dolph could do a lot more. When you see saw Dolph Ziggler or knew that this matchup was going to take place with him challenging for the championship, I'm sure you thought what I thought, and that is, oh, Dolph Ziggler's in the title picture. Well, he's not going to win because he never wins. <laughs> Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I'm in total agreement with you, with especially what you said this morning on Busted Open. Uh, I mean, Stevie Wonder could figure out that Dolph Ziggler was not going to become the WWE champion. So, yeah. uh, I, the match and the booking for that pay per view for that particular program hoodie, I understood why it happened. And it, sometimes you have a random title match on a pay-per-view like John Cena and R-Truth from Capital Punishment or something like that, but here's the guy who actually has backstory with Drew McIntyre, so yes, on the surface, it's, it doesn't do anything for Drew McIntyre, it doesn't do anything for Dolph Ziggler, but I understood why they were having that match and why Ziggler was brought to Raw. He was just basically a pit stop for Drew McIntyre as he heads into SummerSlam, but again, Here's the thing. I, when I was watching Extreme Rules, I wasn't expecting it to be a show like SummerSlam. You have these shows throughout the year for a reason. So you're going to have some weird finishes. You're going to have maybe matches you think that want to have a longer program after the, the match. And and that's the process of trying to figure it out the WWE sometimes because, like, I, I don't feel like every pay-per-view they do is conclusive to the long-term story that they're trying to tell. And that could be good or bad depending on how you view wrestling. Yeah, I just, you know, it's. I, I look at Drew McIntyre and for him to take on Dolph Ziggler because Drew's at a certain level, I don't right. see that Drew McIntyre says, boy, when I took on Dolph Ziggler, I took a, took it up a notch. So, you know, I'm a better wrestler after taking on Dolph Ziggler. No, Drew McIntyre has already um, been around the world and has come back to the WWE and has looked better than he's ever looked. And Dolph Ziggler, right. he doesn't have bad matches. Um, I don't know what's going on in the back with him as far as if he's indifferent or doesn't mind losing these matches. But the point is that McIntyre and Ziggler is going to be a good match if you booked them 10 times out of 10. They're going to take on one another again on Monday Night Raw. It's going to be a great match, I don't, no matter what the stipulation is. But just the point is that it, it's it's a placeholder match for Ziggler to lose again to in order for McIntyre to take on Randy Orton or whomever at SummerSlam, right? Yes, it, it could be a, a Randy Orton. My question would be just from a Drew McIntyre point of view, like who else in the Raw roster outside of Randy Orton could really bring out the best of Drew McIntyre? And I feel that there's been kind of a missed opportunity for Kevin Owens to be the real Kevin Owens again and have him as a heel. So if it was up to me, I'd probably have Kevin Owens be the next guy to go after Drew McIntyre since he does have a current program right now on the show. Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. We ask you to go to the website. Uh, it's a, a great way to be able to catch up on wrestling shows that you might have missed. The archives are right there from NXT to AEW to MLW and uh, and many others. 
check it out uh, at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Also check out the podcast, The Hoots Podcast, wherever you download your podcast for Josh's show. Um, the Swamp Fight taking place uh, with Wyatt and Strowman. You know, I could have actually turned off Extreme Rules after McIntyre and Ziggler and said goodnight uh, and just skipped the Swamp Fight. Uh, yeah. So 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 it's it's part. If you do not see this, is Bray Wyatt against Braun Strowman, and it is uh, one of these cinematic fights where it takes place away from wrestling. It's in a swamp, and they're wrestling in a swamp, and there's no referee to count the pinfall. So I don't understand the point. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of it, Josh? I didn't get it. Did you could you explain to me what the swamp fight was? I'll try my best. Here's thing I took away from it, especially Extreme Rules as a whole. The entire show was played based on taking one thing to the next point. Maybe with the exception of Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre, like we just talked about a couple minutes ago, but when it comes to like Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman and their beef on SmackDown, obviously the match wasn't for the Universal title. We There wasn't a referee at the Swamp Fight, uh, at least from what I was watching. No. <laughs> we didn't we didn't know whether it was pitfall or submission. So once I heard the concept of the swamp fight, I knew right then it was going to be a no contest where you get a, a similar flashback and a graphic of the Fiend to symbolize that the Fiend would go after Braun Strowman at a SummerSlam. So I kind of knew before the pay-per-view that there was going to be an indecisive finish. Whether that was a good thing for Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt, that's up to uh, your subjective taste, I guess. But I thought from the visual aspect and the storytelling of what they did in the Swamp Fight, I thought it was pretty cool. And the fact that they were able to have Alexa Bliss be the one to lure uh, Braun into the water and stuff. Again, it, maybe it's not the taste for every single wrestling fan, but for what they were given, I thought they made the best of it. Sure. Um, it's, it's just part of the pandemic era wrestling that we're supposed to forget about. Um, right. So, and that's a question I, I want to talk to you about because... For those that have not been watching or just peeking here and there at the WWE or AEW uh, or Impact Wrestling, all these matches, all this wrestling, and a little bit of New Japan as fans start to come back to Japan a little bit. Um, you know, Josh, this is a very odd time. Like, th- this is unprecedented. We have not, even historians have not been able to cover a wrestling event with no fans on a regular basis. I mean, there's been bad shows and bad houses for some of the, you know, wrestling companies that didn't draw well because of one for one reason or another. But we're in a very unique time in the business of wrestling. So I want to get your thoughts on what you've seen so far with the pandemic era of wrestling with no fans, but yet the cameras are still rolling. This is an era, and this has been an experience that I will not take for granted in my career right now because I'm understanding the process of what the business is without fans. And I hope every wrestling company around the world understands and doesn't take the fans for granted once we're allowed to have fans back in the audience, back in these arenas, back in the stadiums, all the fun shows, and get that environment, get that energy, get that drive back into these professional wrestling shows. It's a, it's a very different experience for people who are just watching the show for what it is without fans 
for someone like myself that covers the business and definitely in trying to jot down the boost, it's a different process for me to learn how these performers not only tell their stories on the mic, but also how they have matches in front of 25 people or even 30 people at the Tofu tailgate at Daly's Place. You know, like mm-hmm. it's a different experience. What are we really basing our thoughts and our critiques on when it comes to these empty pandemic shows is it just the ratings what what's what's really drawing from the empty arena show uh we can't really base on what who's being an effective draw as a champion when you, you're not allowed to have fans at these shows so it's a very different experience that i'm not taking for granted i've actually learned a lot uh, during this time period of covering the pandemic era of wrestling. And I, I, I have a deeper appreciation for the wrestlers who are able to have a match and make me forget that there is no fans there. Like, so many times you'll tune out commentary, depending on which promotion it is, and you just want to focus on what's happening in the ring. And the real, I think right now we're really seeing who's the real good storytellers and who's not. Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com with Jonathan Hood on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. We talk about the uh, latest pay-per-view event for the WWE, the horror show Extreme Rules from Orlando. And before we talk about Slammiversary, another pay-per-view that took place on Saturday, I just want to get your thoughts on yesterday's Monday Night Raw uh, right. wa- I watched Monday Night Raw uh, because I was on Busted Open this uh, this morning, and uh, and you know me, I'm just there for the usually the highlights. I'm not usually at the pen and pad there for three <laughs> hours of this nonsense every Monday because I'm usually on the air against it. Nonetheless, uh, I watched the show, and you know what, Josh, I enjoyed the show. Um, even though you know some of these uh, fans on Twitter who don't know me like you know me, you know, I'm someone who uh, will look at this business with a critical eye. I will give, right. I will give praise when I need to. I will also um, look at things honestly. I'm not trying to prop up any one organization. No one's paying me to do it. So I, I right. know, I know how it, what it looks like when it's done properly. I also know I can re- reflect from the past and use the past to look at the present. Even in the sports entertainment era, it's still wrestling, no matter how, what you look at it. But I, I thought yesterday the men and women on that show put on a terrific performance. Now, you know, as I said, uh, as I've said before, it's something about wrestling where when it's in the ring, more times than not, it's going to deliver. But right. but all the stuff outside of it, like the booking or a bad finish here and there, or or things like or bad interviews or things that are not uh, built properly, that hurts a wrestling company. But when you watch Raw last night, at least the way I saw it, I thought that from top to bottom, everyone worked as hard as they could coming off a pay per view, and that's what you want. I mean, that's traditional. Once you when you have a pay per view, the next night on Raw, you want to be able to put up put your best foot forward, and I thought. Uh, from the top of the card to the bottom of the card, I thought it, they really p- performed well. You know, Adam Schefter has a great saying, you know, there's only two sources that should lead you right, and that's your left and right eye. Yeah. And, when, and that's how I kind of approach pro wrestling. Like, I take in the context of the knowledge that I learned from people who actually do this for, the, uh, for a living and listen to, like, an Eric Bischoff podcast or Grill and JR. Uh, the list goes on and on, but... When I was watching Raw last night, so many times, especially after like pay per views, you'll have 
some key talking points about what happened from the pay-per-view, but maybe like 40% of the show is filler. Like, to your point, I thought Raw last night, everything on the show had a purpose and a reason to be there. And there was long matches that had time to tell their stories. Like, I really enjoyed the Alistair Black, Seth Rollins match and the post-match attack. You have the Hurt Business, which is probably my favorite thing on Monday Night Raw right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that group. Um, you have... Uh, what went down with Asuka and Sasha Banks following their controversy, and then you had a little imp- implementation from uh, Stephanie McMahon. Nice to see her in 2020. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought everything flew well for what it was supposed to be after a pay per view, like you said. And then my again, my favorite point, my favorite part of the show that really stood out to me was the stuff that went down with Randy Orton and Big Show. Uh, I think from a storytelling point of view and just in ring content, I don't think there's a wrestler right now in this quarantine era of pro wrestling that's really maximized their character the most than Randy Orton. And hearing Big Show's promo before their match last night, uh, I didn't think they need the, the unsanctioned uh, gimmick hoodie. I didn't think they needed that, but for what Big Show and Randy Orton did last night, that was pro wrestling. Do you believe that this is one of the last matches which we'll ever see from Big Show? No, just like I don't believe we saw Undertaker's last match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that, just, I don't. Yeah, that's fair. And, and I thought that Big Show really worked well with Randy Orton. This is the best Randy Orton I've seen in a long time. It's not just, you know, walking through, colored by numbers, four or five moves, Randy Orton. There is, uh, I thought his promo and Big Show's promo to build this, have Christian there to build that. That's wrestling. That's pro wrestling done right, where you're taking the time to be able to explain why this main event at the end of the the night is something special that you must watch. And so the the interviews hooked me. Well, how about that? How about that for a, a switch, Josh? Actual pro wrestling show. Using yeah. <laughs> using the spoken word, looking me in the eye, telling me the story of why this match matters, and then the match delivers, and then Randy Orton wins. That's the way the story should be every single time you watch a wrestling show. Uh, unfortunately, that's not what we get all the time. Um, so I uh, want to get your thoughts about Slammiversary. That was Impact Wrestling's uh, last pay-per-view uh, here on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. Our guest is Josh Lopez from ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. Follow him on Twitter at The Hoots Podcast. Uh, well, let me get your thoughts on Slammiversary. What stood out most about uh, what happened there on Saturday? What stood out to me was the fact that Impact Wrestling was able to maximize out of the buzz that was actually going into pay-per-view. Uh, this is a company that's been having hype and having big signings over the years, but never seen to follow up with the hype that surrounds their shows. I've been an Impact fan since the beginning in 2002, the TNA era to where we are right now with Impact Wrestling, and there's been so many changes, and I'm hoping this is the flashpoint to where Impact can just be Impact and we can just not worry about you know, corporate shenanigans, backstage issues. We can just focus on wrestling because they have a really talented roster. Even with the new addition to their roster hoodie, I just thought Impact really capitalized on the buzz that they were having into their pay-per-view on Saturday night. Uh, Eddie Edwards becomes a champion, and the reason why that there was um, the the match that it was for the heavyweight championship is because Tessa Blanchard is no longer with Impact Wrestling. So I think... The company and um, who else is missing? I'm missing someone. 
Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin, the Canadian, yeah. So both of those guys are no longer part of the company. So there was a little bit of a mad scramble there to try to put that main event together, but that seemed to pay off for Eddie Edwards as the champion. That that makes sense to me. Absolutely, and Eddie Edwards has been the most consistent performer on the Impact roster. Uh, I mean, it's been almost past six years now since Eddie's been part of uh, Impact, and could happen to a better guy. I do believe Eddie Edwards does represent what Impact Wrestling is. I'd also tell you that one of the best tag teams in wrestling is the North. That's also part of that. I don't think we've seen the best of them just as of yet, but I'd like to see an FTR North match. That would be great. I believe outside of Imperium, the North are the most underrated and underappreciated tag team in pro wrestling right now. Where's the column on that? I want 2,000 words on the North. Where's the column? (laughs) I want to read that. Is that true? Do you think that? You know what? I really try to strive away from not doing kind of the cliche opinions and dirt sheet stuff on my website because I just like to have some authenticity with what I dish out to my audience. So uh, when it comes to North, maybe I could bounce out of the opinion piece because they deserve it. I When it comes to tag book, textbook tag team wrestling, they're you're great. Ethan Page is a good heel. Josh Alexander is a great wrestler. I actually saw them when they were the Monster Mafia for AAW here in Chicago before they got into the mainstream. And I'm just really happy for their success. They're a tremendous tag team. That's right, folks. Look for a 2,000-word column on Willie Mack on ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com <laughs> very soon. If you uh, if you go to ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com, Josh, what would you find? You'll find literally every transit possible that i can fit in 12 wrestling shows throughout the week for you lovely people uh where it's aw both aw dark and dynamite uh i just finished covering the new japan cup for new japan pro wrestling and just uh follow up follow along with their program they have a pay-per-view coming up on saturday called sengoku lord and uh kind of the big buzz out of their promotion is evil who used to be part of lij's not only the double champion but joined bullet club and turned his back on lij so been busy on the new japan tip and also uh checking out everything that's going on with impact wrestling and all the ancillary wwe shows that are out there so uh pro wrestling transcriptions.com is my hub this is a reference site and a point of reference for any wrestling fans who don't have the time to catch up with all the pro wrestling shows out there all right and don't forget to follow josh on twitter at the hoots podcast uh, that's where you can find his podcast and his thoughts on the world of wrestling. Don't forget, we do Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday every Tuesday at 8.30 Central Time right here on ESPN 1000. And if you missed some of our previous episodes, go to the ESPN Chicago app and click uh, the Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday tab. And right there, you can catch the archives of our previous shows. Our thanks to you for listening and being part of the program here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Don't forget, full show coming up on Wednesday, starting with the baseball show presented by Goose Island Beer Company. Join me for TBS at 6 right here on Chicago's Home for Sports.